Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. It's like every second you turn on the news, it's me. Promoting fear. Check this headline. Line, 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 line. What would it look like? What, what would it look like if we looked at God's letters, God's love, read it through a different filter, a different perspective? Perspective. Perspective. He's not writing to humanity to scare humanity. He's writing to humanity to free humanity. He has a love letter. He has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of a powerful sound. Hello, what up? Welcome to City Life. My name is Jerome. It's nice to meet you virtually. We're kicking off a brand new series, The Last Days, A Love Letter to Humanity. Now, last days are inevitable. I mean, if you go with me for a moment, consider the world will end. Our resources are finite. We don't have an unlimited supply of natural resources and as you see with global warming and the sun eventually will burn out, yeah, billions of years from now, but it's finite. And the Bible makes a startling claim that of the last days, there's a return of Jesus, but there's a new heaven and a new earth. And though we might get scared because we want to hold on to our life really bad, We're eternal beings. We're meant to live forever. And we have a good God who created this space that he's returning. Now, that doesn't mean we can live negligent and not care, okay? In fact, we should be the people that care most. If we believe God created this earth, he's coming back. We want to steward it so it looks like him. We model him. And how do we model that? The end times are often framed with fear. Think of it. Movies. Articles on every news station right now is speculation. I think it's borderline criminal what it's doing. When anytime there's speculation, this could happen, this could happen. Do you know COVID could get worse in the fall? It could be this. It's like, oh my goodness, there's bill could pass. They could take your kid. I mean, it is so much. We want to frame the last days with how God frames his character and nature that he is love. So we're going to put down some pieces around this puzzle to see this correctly. But we're going to focus on border and corner pieces of how God talks about it. I've been intrigued about prophecy since as long as I can remember. Nostradamus or the last days and what is all that stuff? I got invited to a crusade once, a million souls crusade with Jack Van Impey, The End Times. I remember hearing it. Like, okay, there's something to this. And there's something to Jesus. Because he's the most hated, debated, and celebrated individual that's ever existed. And the question is not historically whether he was here or not. That's without debate. It's his claim that he offers new life and that he is the Messiah. And the way to follow him is a way of love. It's a way of selflessness. Jesus on the cross, his victory is displayed by 
death, burial, and then defeating death by resurrection. But on the cross, he's looking at the people who have condemned him. He lived guiltless. He was not guilty. He was innocent. And here he is perfect without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. That's to all the wicked, wicked people that are guilty and filthy, just like me and you. The heart of heaven is to forgive. The heart of heaven is to love. I want to take us to Revelation 19. We're going to frame today. Today is a love letter to humanity, but it's the last days, a call to first ways. And we build this house. The foundation is built on love. I kept asking God in prayer, what do you want me to tell your people? What do you want me to tell people? He says, tell them I'm coming and I love them. Tell them I'm coming and I love them. And when he comes back, he's going to be destroying evil forever. The victory's already been won on the cross. It will be fully realized when he returns. And in the middle, there's a lot of debate. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of, there's a lot of how does this play out? But we know there's some corner pieces, as we'll be talking about. There's some border. And, and we want to help answer people's questions, too, in the weeks ahead. So you got questions, whether it's angels, demons, is my dog in heaven? What, what are the questions? We have a connect card link that you can put, put, put in your questions. Our team will be gathering those questions, even from the comment section right now. You can put any question. Put, put it. And we'll be answering your questions, real talk with real people about a real God. And it's so inviting that God invites, he actually, he actually is okay with us asking questions. What kind of God is this? Then I saw, picking it up in verse 11, heaven opened and behold, a white horse. White always represents purity and perfect. The one sitting and cleansed and the one sitting on it is called faithful and true. The one who is faithful and true, the Bible claims, is Jesus. I am radically transformed by this Jesus, and I believe he's here today to radically transform you, saying, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is still the greatest miracle. In the last days, that's still the greatest miracle. Forgiveness. In, in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. The exclusivity, the supreme ultimate being of Jesus. This prophecy is claiming he's going to come back. Prophecy means it's a prediction of a declaration, a revelation of something to come. And many times is paired with judgment. And we can instantly dismiss Christianity by saying, well, why would he judge us? I think the question we got to ask is, are we guilty? And if he judges us, does he judge us to condemn us? Or did he send a way out of this sentence? Did he send a way out of the wrath? And that's where we get this gift of grace through faith by Jesus. Friend, this is supernaturally Epic. Noah made a petition this week and 
one of our email threads to bring back the word epic. So I have now stated that I am okay with that and Jesus is epic. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and by the name which is called the word of God. That Jesus is the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The message says that moved into the neighborhood, that the word, Jesus, deity, God, go with me, come on, would come down and be one of us? This is a bold claim. God should be separate from something filthy of the creation. In fact, a lot of, you look at religions, they're always trying to, uh, their good works got to outweigh their bad works. Like, what? Good luck. <laughs> like, well, how does that work? Yeah, we rank them? Like, come on, man. Like, what? What is happening? That's crazy talk. But I'm not like, like trying to like minimize or make you feel less than if that's your position. But stop and zoom out, all of us. Is that the way? Jesus makes a claim that says he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets in but through him. God is coming. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood and by the name by which he is called the word of God and the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From the mouth comes a sharp sword with which no one, which which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with an rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. This can um, advocate tattoos. Just kidding. Calm down. King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible claims that Jesus will return. He's coming back. That's a border and actually even a corner piece to this puzzle as we frame. What do the last days look and feel like? Well, we can go to the end for a moment. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus will come, rule and reign, and destroy all evil forever. Because he already did it, and then the victory will be fully realized as he comes back. Jesus will come back. In the weeks ahead, we'll talk about why has he been delayed. 2 Peter 3 says the reason he hasn't returned yet is because he's patient. He longs for more people to come back home. Because when he comes back, it's final. It's final. Why do we deny Jesus so much? I pray that our spirit would awaken right now. I would go into the bars and clubs and what they're the same thing. Go into prison, uh, youth correction facilities, and I'd do this song back in the day. Y'all better know God is coming. And I sampled Jack Van Impey, the Million Save Soul Crusade guy. And we would say that message and also give an invitation to say, hey, God's coming back. We hope it wasn't a message of fear, but a message of alertness. Nobody knows when we're going to die. Let's be ready. Let's be alert. Let's be awake. For many of us, we've maybe followed Jesus because we're running from hell. And I just don't want that. So I guess, I guess I'll accept him. It's kind of like an insurance package. God's message is one of love 
It's one of forgiveness. It's one of newness. It's one of peace and joy and freedom. And ultimately, the greatest miracle that will still take place in the last days, hear this, forgiveness of sin. Here's a clip from the song back in the day. Let's kind of have some nostalgia for a second. We'd better be ready for the coming of the Lord. How do you get ready? By asking men to your heart. Church membership isn't enough. Baptism isn't enough. As many as received Jesus, oh, he must be living in your heart. It must be genuine. If you're not saved, get saved. Y'all gonna know God is coming. Y'all better know God is coming. There's no time to waste. We all be ready. Cause y'all gonna know God is coming. Y'all better know God is coming. How do we get right with God? If this was truly our last days, we don't know the time or the hour that Jesus will return. He teaches us that in Matthew 24. That's a piece, a border piece for sure. No one knows when. So if anyone says they know when he will return, they might be pointing out you know, signs. or. But there's a, there's a story that's going on that is greater than just the signs. The signs are on the secondary list of doctrines, the ones we can debate a little further. There's this thing called essential doctrines or belief. First things first about who is God, what is his character, and what is his nature. And essential doctrines, we can go back as early as there's something known as the Apostles' Creed. It's believed that the apostles came up with this, and this can frame what are, what are we focused on most? What are we talking about most? What can we agree on? Agree on is a great starting line. This is a call to love. It's a call to first ways. Let's go all the way back. Um, it's written roughly in 390. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, and was buried. He ascended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. He will return. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. Catholic there is meaning true church. Also, Catholic Church, but you don't have to be Catholic to be a Jesus follower. That could be news for somebody. Catholic meaning true Christian church. The communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. There's a story that's been going on from the very beginning. God created us. We fell, we ignored, we became an enemy. He pursues us in love through Jesus. He's restoring us back to our original vocation to be, we're made in his image, to be like him, creative and taking dominion and being fruitful and multiplying and doing everything in love. And that one day he's coming back to make a new heaven and a new earth and all of the garden will be restored. That, that garden city experience will be completed. The temple, the movement of God, the Holy Spirit in me and you that no longer is confounded and, and confided in a building only, but that it's in the people that he's building, that God's 
moving through the people. So we got to ask today, what message are the people carrying? Like, man, we're guilty, right? I mean, we're guilty of a lot of stuff. But one of the craziest things we're guilty of right now is proclaiming the wrong message. The last days could even be proclaimed too much that people miss that there's a way for forgiveness, that we get so caught up in a conspiracy. We get so caught up in what could be or what ifs and speculative. And and, and, and we got to be consistent in our logic. I'm talking to Jesus followers right now. Let's be consistent in our logic. Maybe we're mad that the governor isn't responding the way we want, or we're mad that in our nation, things are tougher than we want, but let's zoom out for a minute. There's been bad things going on. There's been a battle going on of epic proportions. There's been sweat sweatshops, sex trafficking. There's been genocide. Right now in East Africa, there's locusts bringing famine. There's been greed. So many businesses and ways of life have been paved with bad motives. And it's always been bad. Maybe some of us were in a crowd where all we see is conspiracies, Illuminati. I think it is important to have a healthy level of question and skepticism and wonder is something of God. There's a strong negative side to that. Everything, everyone's against us. Secondly, there's some people that say, hey, I don't even think about anything like that. No conspiracies. So just kind of blind eye. That's not helpful either because that creates ignorance. And then there's somebody who says, yeah, yeah, I'm fully aware, but I don't want to do anything about it. And they're paralyzed. But I think we can be fully aware and still be fully present and offer people the message that matters most, a love letter to humanity. And we're going all the way back to John chapter 3. Famous chapter, John 3.16, but it starts off where there's Nicodemus. And he's a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews, and he's coming to Jesus at night. Out of a place where I, I want to know. And he says to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. In verse 2, and come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. How do we be born again? How do we find forgiveness and freedom from the judgment? Even the word judgment comes with so much baggage, doesn't it? It's like a file folder. You click judgment and you think of all of the bad teachers, all of the bad parents that you've met, 
we think of all these bad authority figures. We think of maybe time out with quarantine right now. But yet, the heart of this judge is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God's heartbeat is to save. God's heartbeat is not to condemn. God's heartbeat starts with love. Any conversation about the end times, last days, whether we're for or against a political party, if it's not filled with love, it's nothing. I'm challenged by this because I've gotten frustrated in this season. I've hit some walls that, okay, I didn't think it would be this long. In fact, I'm starting to question information at a high level. What's real, what's not? You mean to tell me people, hospitals get more money if they put someone on a ventilator? You mean to tell me if somebody dies of COVID, they get more money? They just check that? Starts to make you wonder and question motives when somebody's pushed to the wall. Maybe they got to lay doctors off or not, and it could be, and that's a moral dilemma. You can watch Joe Rogan and Elon Musk's interview, and he talk, Elon Musk talks about that. And I'm not speculating. There's a million great doctors, million, right? People doing it right. But when the environment and the soil doesn't create a bed for transparency or what, I mean, the rules start to bend and we get corrupt and all, and you start to question, you look around and you, you don't know what's up, down, left, right, you know? And for some of us, we've been so certain about things, like so certain, you know? And I'm certain that I'm uncertain on who I can follow other than Jesus. I am certain that I'm so uncertain about who I can follow other than Jesus. And uh, yeah, dude, check um, Trip and Tyler. These dudes are hilarious. They just dropped a video called Certainty. Let's go to it. In these certain times, in these certain times, In these certain times, one thing that's for certain is our level of certainty. You don't have to wonder what's going on. There are answers. All you need is a favorite podcast or an acquaintance that works at a hospital. In just two months, we have managed to collectively come together and all become experts, experts, experts on pandemic related topics. Just call up a relative. Ask a neighbor. They will know for certain whether or not COVID-19 was manufactured in a lab or if the United States is just interested in making money off of vaccinations. Sure, a doctor who's studied infectious disease for 45 years might have one thing to say. But you read a blog post written by your friend's former classmate, and you skimmed the first couple paragraphs of an Atlantic article that you would have kept reading had you not scrolled down and seen how long it was. Who's to say who's right? We are. We are. We are in these certain times. If something labeled a documentary shows up on your Facebook feed, you can be 100% certain it is certainly true. It's a documentary after all. They wouldn't call it a documentary if it wasn't true. In no uncertain terms, there are good guys and there are bad guys. The good guys are the ones you agree with, obviously. And the bad guys, they're the ones who are biased, unobjective, 
agenda-driven. They watch the other channel. Certainty and correctness go hand in hand. The more certain you feel, the more correct you are. Certainly this isn't something that the entire world is uncertain about. I can say for certain that who you voted for in the 2016 presidential election determines what you think about this pandemic and what's really going on. In these certain times, you can be certain. I can be certain. We can be certain. Don't let anyone take away your certainty. Your certain beliefs are the right ones. And there's a study that confirms it. We're all in this apart. We're all in this apart. All right. We got to make fun of ourselves a little bit because that's each one of us. We are so certain this is what happened. We are so certain. Let me tell you exactly what China's doing. Let me, t I am so certain that I've been so uncertain about all of this for quite some time. It hasn't added up. We have been in relationship with China to create goods knowing this kind of stuff's been going on. It doesn't make sense fully. I think all worldviews will lead to a dead end. But the worldview of Jesus leads to a jump of faith with a hand holding out, promising for more. And this is the judgment, verse 19. The light has come into the world and the people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does the wicked hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. Whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. In God. The last days. A call to first ways. It's a call to remember, for God so loved this world. Before we post, before we have our final deposition, here's my opinion on a matter. May we be a little bit slower to ask more questions, to seek to understand. God so loved the world is for sure a corner. I think that's the whole border of the picture, but yeah, he really, really, really loves. Really loves. That he took our sentence for us. That's how much he loves. Before we close, I want to take us to 1 John 4. Because how do we test the spirits? 1 John 4 tells us, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. What is a good filter? By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. That is, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. 
Little children, you are from God and you have overcome them. Let's pause. That claim right there is that there's only two spirits. So therefore, everything is spiritual. We also know that the things we see are temporary, but the things we don't see are eternal. I get it. This sounds like crazy talk. Unless it's true. And the claim the Bible makes is there is more realm. There is an eternal, unseen reality that is more true than what we see. Now, this could create some type of kind of escape type of mindset or well, look, well, I'm just going to live for that or even a martyrdom approach. But the way we understand this should not create lack of faithfulness or lack of focus or lack of stewardship, but more so, therefore, we want to carry God's presence as we are citizens and ambassadors and soldiers that have been enlisted for him who do not get entangled in civilian affairs as we aim to please the one who has enlisted us, enlisted us with what? A message of love, a message of good news. That anyone can be set free. That God sees the oppression. That he's coming back again. He's going to rule and reign. There is a battle. It is inevitable. Like we can get someone to the moon, but we can't solve world peace. How? Why? Why? Because the battle's not out there. The battle's in here. The battle is in here. Like in the inside right now. The battle is in here. It is a war of the soul. It is the war of the spirit. It's where that sin nature is at. And Satan is always trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's always trying to warp. But now we're more awake. We're more ready when we recognize, hey, everything's spiritual. And those that are confessing Jesus Christ, now we have to examine that too. Follow them only as they follow Christ. And there's many ditches with this truth. That everything's spiritual, but there's only two kingdoms. Only two kingdoms. God's and the kingdom of the Antichrist that hates everything to do with God and God's glory. And the rebellion. Why do you and me get attacked so much? Friend, it's not God. It's Satan. He hates you. You're made in God's image. You possess the fingerprints of heaven. God loves you though. And when we come to Jesus, get this, Satan hates you, but it says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God lives in you. How does Jesus talk? How does Jesus walk? Jesus' love runs to me, runs to you, and runs to the one. It always has and it always will. And it runs with a message of this. It's a message of love. I'm going to jump down to 
verse 17 in the same chapter. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. When that rider on the horse, faithful and true, Jesus comes back to judge we won't be standing there with fear. We will be with him because he is the faithful one that we put our faith in to be born again. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. The last days. It's a call to first ways. It's a call to love. This week, we'll be tempted to talk about the Antichrist kingdom. We'll be tempted to tell people, hey, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we can get so warped in uh, end days theology that we're more focused on the signs of the times than we are in the one who's going to rule forever. Can't drink Starbucks because there's a Greek goddess out, you know, logo, and you can't look, friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Let's talk more about the Son, Jesus because he is worthy of it all. Before we go, we're going to continue this topic. It is a long one. It's one I've been thinking about for um, my whole life. I'm almost 40 years old. But specifically, as a Jesus follower, since I was 22, roughly 18 years, been thinking about the last days. I have more questions than I do answers, but I know there's some border pieces for sure. There's two truths as we continue to marinate in this space right now. One is the love of God can set you free. And the second, the love of God can set someone else free. Through forgiveness, to be born again. Forgiveness is simple, it's Recognizing I'm guilty, I'm dead in sin. That battle outside, it actually started in here. I don't know why, but God, I'm, it's sin. I feel it. And when I face you on a day of judgment, I don't want to face you denying Jesus the gift you gave, but it's accepting Jesus in his new life. We don't work for it. We don't earn it. He just gives it freely. Wow. I pray that moves right now from the head to your heart and your heart beats through your chest and you say yes to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to be free. I want forgiveness. I want to follow him. I want to be on that team. If you want that new life to be born again, we just say, Jesus, I want you. I believe in my heart. I'm going to confess with my mouth. I'm going to confess all my sins. I repent. Not my way, your way. Put that, put that in the comment. Like, Jesus, I'm in. 
Jesus, I'm in. Forgive me. Jesus, I'm in. That connect card link, um, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, you can fill that out. We want to equip you with more resources. I mean, it's simple. It really is. It's a simple prayer. Like, God, forgive me. And then, pow, we're made brand new. It'll be a process. It'll be a journey, getting the junk out every day, letting that light in more. Oh, yeah, come on. <laughs> doesn't happen overnight, you know? I didn't get dad bought overnight. It was a lot of bags of chips. Come on. Secondly, God's love runs too. My friend sent me a video this week of uh, free Burma rangers. And I think in the last days, this is, I don't begin to understand all of the complexities of war. <sighs> okay. But I can't understand the heart of heaven stepping in to find the one. Check this video out. Well, you have one life and you might as well go for it because what are you going to hold on to? I grew up as a missionary kid in Thailand. I remember thinking, I think I'm more of a soldier. I felt God had something else for me to do. I turned to Karen and I said, I'm going to Burma. Will you come with me? Will you marry me? I felt in my heart, say no and let it go, or you say yes and you get in. I have no other plan, just go. Go to the sound of the guns, go to the sound of need, and trust God to show you how you can be useful. David Eubank, a former Special Forces captain, has gone on to found a relief group called the Free Burma Rangers. Helping those fleeing the front lines of war. His wife and three children go with him into the conflict areas. As we did these relief missions, more and more ethnic people began to join us. I want to go and help my people as I can. We hope these things will change the world. We're here on the border of Iraq, and these are all refugees that have been fleeing ISIS. This is the craziest thing in the world to do, and yet we knew we had to respond. I felt God's voice, get on your knees and pray. Get on my knees. I look like a Christian nutcase, man. ISIS just opens up on three sides. Bullets are pinging off the Humvee like crazy. Everything is just right there on the edge. How far is that going to take Dave? Yeah, alive! What's happened to you is wrong. We're going to help you. Even if we die trying, we're not going to leave you. Because you count. Jesus, help me. Today, we make a decision to partner with God and be like Him and first start with love. The first ways, a call to love. Bob Marley, famous musician, was shot. And then two days later did a concert. And they asked him, why are you here? And he said, the people who are trying to make this world worse are not taking 
the day off. Why should I? It's been hard. And it will continue to be hard. But as we remember, it's always been hard. There's been a lot of stuff going on for a long time. Let's be the hands, the feet, the ministering people of the good news to humanity. And let's rightly read the Bible and the topic of last days as a love letter first. Because it's not like Hollywood, doom and gloom. There's a very humbling and sober truth to the wrath of God. But there's a glorious and great display of the greatest love ever known of Jesus. So both can be there. But I think where we put the spotlight really matters. Let's put the spotlight first on how Jesus rolled, how he lived. Just for a couple moments, can we stay in this space together? I think the Lord is doing his best work right now. He's taken out those fears and he's replacing it with love. How we've been mad at the politics and the confusion. And rightfully so, friend, there's a lot to be confused about. But the leadership of Jesus is perfect. He's not confusing. We're going to exchange all of this that we've been carrying right now. And we're going to let go. For a few moments, we're going to sing worthy of it all. We will worship one day all around. Many tribes, many people, many faces. Oh my goodness. Different languages. It's going to be so awesome. We're going to sing that. Worthy of it all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.